Thank you for firing up the Sunrise Church podcast. My name is Steve Garcia, and I am the lead pastor at Sunrise. We are a community of Jesus followers from all walks of life, all colors of skin, and all ages. And I hope this message you hear today inspires you to deepen your connection with Christ. Let's dive in. Happy New Year! hard to believe. Man, we're 2024. Uh, wow, it's amazing. And here we are with another day of life. And uh, we just want to welcome you to Sunrise Church. My name is Steve Garcia. I'm the lead pastor here. And uh, in case you don't know, Sunrise is one church in many locations. In addition to our Rialto campus here, we've got locations in Ontario, Victorville, Banning, as well as our online campus who's watching with us too. And also Spanish-speaking campuses in both Banning and here in Rialto as well as online. And so we are so glad that all of you are here. If this is your first time with us, I sure would love the opportunity to meet you. Just after service, I hang out right out here in the courtyard and would love it if you'd come up and introduce yourself so I could personally welcome you to Sunrise Church. Well, with the holidays now in our rearview mirror, here we stand at the outset of 2024, just looking ahead at all of the possibilities that there may be. This is the time of the year where people start making resolutions. And so for fun, I decided to look up what are the big resolutions for 2024. And so according to Forbes magazine, the survey they conducted, the number one resolution is improve fitness, exercise more, better diet, lose weight. Out of curiosity, I decided to look up the top resolutions from 10 years ago as we were heading into 2014. You know what the top resolutions were? Improve fitness, better diet, exercise more, lose weight. So then I looked up the resolutions from 20 years ago, heading into 2004. You know what they were? Improve fitness, better diet, exercise. You know, these things are kind of cyclical. And it it makes sense because all of us just spent December eating Christmas cookies. So it's understandable why we'd have this on the mind. There's just one problem. The research shows that resolutions don't stick. You know that by... By mid-January, 80% of people have given up on their fitness goals. You know, there's a social media company used by athletes called Strava, and they analyzed the health data of millions of its users, and they were able to pinpoint that the second Friday in January, 80% of the people began shedding any of those goals. In fact, they even gave it a name. They call it Quitter's Day. This Friday is Quitter's Day. And in fact, it's become such a punchline in our culture. There's people who are actually getting together and having parties celebrating the ditching of their resolutions, which makes me wonder how many of these parties never even happened because the person planning it, well, quit. Then some of us try to get sneaky and say, see, this is why I don't set resolutions. Then I can't break them. That's called quitting before you start. So nice try on that one. Um, but, but listen, around this time of the year, many Christians make resolutions that are not just physical, but also spiritual. These can include things like uh, wanting to be more bold in sharing your faith or getting into Christian community or becoming a more generous person, having a more consistent prayer life, reading my Bible every day. And all of those things are good, but I'm wondering if by the second Friday in January, 80% of those have fallen by the wayside too. Why is it that we have such high expectations but such low results? Well, today I want to show you from God's word 
something that can massively shift your whole perspective when it comes to resolutions, goals, plans. And I want to show you that growth is really possible. You don't have to fall prey to Quitter's Day. So if you have a Bible or a device with a Bible on it, make your way over to the New Testament book of 1 Corinthians chapter 9. This is written by the Apostle Paul, who was once a fierce opponent of Christianity until he experienced a dramatic conversion and became a fierce proponent of Christianity. And he was writing to a group of Christians in Corinth, which was and still is to this day a major port city in Greece. This is how he kicks things off in this section of scripture. We're beginning in verse 24. He says, do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. So Paul kicks off this section of scripture by using an illustration of sport. And he was almost certainly referring to the Isthmian Games. These were second in prestige only to the Olympic Games. And these were wildly popular among Greeks. And they included all kinds of competitive events, like Paul mentioned, a foot race, but also things like throwing a javelin, throwing a discus, chariot races, wrestling, boxing, which instead of boxing clubs, they just put leather straps across their knuckles and you fought until one guy either got knocked out or died. Um, sometimes these would last up to four hours. And there was also another event. You ready for this one? Poetry. Seriously, <laughs> poetry was an event in the Isthmian Games, which seems a bit odd to go from watching two guys beat each other in the face with leather-clad knuckles for four hours to roses are red, violets are blue. But hey, that's how it was back then. And so with the, with the, collect, with the games on the collective minds of, of all of these Greeks, Paul leaned right in. And, you know, people loved these games. They would camp out around the stadiums. Maybe this is where tailgating began. And, and you, you would not be able to not know these games weren't, weren't happening. It's like in our culture, probably the biggest sporting event is the Super Bowl. And even if you don't like football, you know it's happening. It'll be especially exciting because, you know, the Rams are going to be in it this year. But, you know, <laughs> hey, anything is possible, right? Um, and so Paul leaned right into that. And he said this, with, with everybody thinking of the games on their mind, verse 24, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Back then, there wasn't a first, second, and third place. There was only first place, and it went to one winner. He continues in verse 24, run in such a way as to get the prize. In other words, run to win. Winning is what it was all about. Back in the 90s, during the Olympic Games, there was this ad campaign that said, you don't win the silver, you lose the gold. You know, the famous uh, football coach, um, oh man, I'm blanking on his name, old, uh, old Green Bay coach, Vince Lombardi. Vince Lombardi, he once said, uh, winning isn't everything, it's the only thing. 
legendary basketball player Michael Jordan once had someone challenge him and said, hey, there's no I in team, to which MJ responded, yeah, but there is an I in win. Paul was saying, run to win. You know, in fact, uh, archaeologists uncovered this grave back from, going all the way back to the year 187, around the time of these Isthmian games. And this was the, the uh, epitaph they found on this grave. And it said, here he died, boxing in the stadium, having prayed to Zeus for a wreath or death, age 35, farewell. This young man died competing in the games. For him, his motto was quite literally, win or die. And Paul took this illustration to apply it to Christians, saying, look at how these athletes are competing. For what? For a little wreath that'll dry up and fall off. When it comes to the Christian life, you ought to run to win. Not run for fun. Not run in such a way as to get the participation trophy. Not give it your best shot. Run to win the prize. What's the prize? The prize is a life anchored by Christ. One that won't get blown around in the winds of culture. One that is strong and stable and purposeful and enjoyable. Paul said, run to win. That's the approach that we all ought to be taking. And then he said something that is so important for us to lean into. Verse 25. He said, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. Understand that athletes didn't get into the Isthmian games by crossing their fingers and hoping for the best. They prepared for this. You know, the famous Christian author Dallas Willard once wrote, As disciples, we aren't trying to be different people. We are training to be different people. There is a massive difference between trying and training. And failing to understand this difference is why so many of our resolutions, our goals, and our plans fall by the wayside. And for many followers of Jesus, we need to stop trying to be godly people and start training to be godly people. You know, my wife has competed in various triathlons over the last year and a half, and I've watched her in training. I've watched her uh, get up early when it's dark and cold and go out into an outdoor pool and train for swimming. I've watched her get on a bike and ride up and down these hills that I get tired just driving over because she was training. I've watched her out running in the elements, training. Now, understand, I could show up at the race They'd be more than happy to take my money. I could just find a pair of shoes, grab a swimsuit, borrow a bike from someone. I could go out and try, and I would fail miserably. I can't compete with them. But you know what I could say in all honesty? I tried my best. I really did. And there'd be no shortage of people to pat me on the back and say, hey, good, try but I couldn't hang with people who had been training. And when it comes to a a Christian life, the, the, the goal of every believer should be to grow more and more like Jesus Christ. That doesn't happen with a wish or a resolution or just some hopefulness. It requires some action. Training has a couple of specific requirements. Here's the first one, commitment. 
Not just saying it, but actually setting the plan. Remember what Paul said in verse 25, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. These athletes committed 10 months of the year to training. I was reading about the wrestlers and what they would do is they would wrestle in extreme heat to build up physical endurance. They would wrestle in the snow to, to strengthen mental fortitude. And then to actually get strong, these guys would literally wrestle horses, bulls, even lions. Now, if I were around back then, let me tell you where you find me. I'd be up in that poetry arena, okay? I'd be spitting rhymes before you catch me in a ring with a lion. I'm gonna tell you that right now. But listen, there had to be times where these guys were training and they felt like giving up. That's where commitment comes in. For many Christians, commitment is sticking with God even when things get hard. Because when you give your life to Christ, the problems don't go away. In many ways, they intensify. And one of the reasons why many believers may feel like quitting or questioning if God exists or walking away from the faith is maybe they're not really committed to the training See, this is the difference between trying and training. Trying is expecting a lot and committing a little. We see this with couples who live together. We're going to try marriage. We're just not going to commit to marriage, which makes you question the health of a relationship between two people who say, we want to do everything married people do except actually take vows. It's like jumping into a relationship with a constant out clause. There isn't a commitment. And what Paul is saying is, look, if you want to see true growth in your life, it can't be just a wish. There's got to be a commitment to the plan, just like these athletes committed to their training. Spiritual training requires commitment. It also requires alignment. These athletes competed at a high level because they played by the rules. They didn't just do whatever they wanted to do. In a different passage of scripture, Paul said this in 2 Timothy 2, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. Now, using the illustration of racing, the tracks back then are still very similar to what we have now. They were oval shaped and surrounded by grandstands so people could cheer on the racers. There was a clear starting line, a clear finish line, and a clear track to run on. And the person who crossed the finish line first was the winner. But imagine getting up to the line and the starter pistol fires off and everybody just goes running in their own direction. Got people running up into the grandstands. Got people running out into the parking lot, into the neighborhood around. Hey, that'd be a lot of fun, but the problem is how do we know if we're winning? You see, the athletes had to align themselves to a certain standard. And that was the sentiment behind when Paul said this in verse 26, therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I don't fight like a boxer beating in the air. Paul's saying, look, I'm not just winging it. My life is based upon a standard I have aligned myself to. And that standard is the Bible. Friends, we can't expect the blessings of God apart from the word of God. This is how we know if we're winning. And, and for many Christians, they're just winging it. 
We're just making stuff up as we go along. We, we say things like, follow your heart, or my body, my choice, or God just wants me to be happy. Where do these things come from? They don't come from the book, the, the word of God. They don't come from here. What message are you aligning yourself with? For many of us, we don't want to read the Bible because we don't want to be accountable to what it says. You know, one of the most uh, popular things people are engaging in these days are, are DNA tests. You know, things like uh, 23andMe or Ancestry. And the way that it works is you pay a fee and you, you spit into a cup and you send it off and, and it gets registered in this massive genetic database. And so any, of, uh, any relatives you may have who also gets a DNA test, there's a match to that DNA and you're notified. And people are finding out all kinds of interesting things about their family history. They're discovering they have family members who came to the U.S. on slave ships. Or they're discovering that they have royalty in their blood. Or people are, are locating long-lost siblings. Some people are finding uh, a father they thought was dead. Can you imagine getting that email? We found a match for your father. If you want to learn about him, open up this attached file. And can you imagine seeing that and saying, you know, I'm not going to open it. It's enough for me to just know that he exists. Of course you wouldn't do that. You would open that file. You would read every detail. You would pour over it so that you could fill in the gaps of your family history. Friends, you have a heavenly father who loves you, who has a plan for your life, a purpose for your life. And he wrote all about it in his word. And yet for so many of us, we say, I'm not going to read that. It's enough for me just to know he exists. Don't you want to know the gaps, how to fill them in? What are the instructions? How do I know if I'm winning? Listen, spiritual training requires an alignment with a standard, and that's God's word. Spiritual training requires commitment, it requires alignment, and it requires investment. Whenever you start into some new endeavor, you understand that there's an investment of time, money, and energy. You know, you're going to buy the gear, the equipment, the classes, the, the travel expenses. You're going to put time and, and effort into this because when you're invested, there's a much stronger likelihood you'll see it through. Listen to Paul and, and tell me if this sounds like a guy who's invested. Verse 27, he said, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I preach to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Look at all the personal pronouns. I, my, my, I, myself. Paul is saying, I'm invested in this thing. I'm not just trying this from the sidelines. I'm not just dipping my toe in the water. You know, all of us are investing in something. And the more time, money, and energy you invest in something, the better that you get at it. And Paul was saying, what I've, what I've invested in is this, this new life following after Christ. I'm not going to be driven by my emotions and my urges. He said, I strike my body, I make it my slave because I want to follow Christ. I don't want to be disqualified. I don't want to hurt my Christian witness. I want to live a life that matters. Just last hour, I was praying with a person who said, they revealed to me a specific sin they were wrestling with. They said, I just want to do it. I just want to do it. And I just want to encourage them. This is what Paul was saying. He's saying, look, I, there's a lot of stuff that I had to give up because it just isn't good for me. You know, 
Paul was someone who, who gave up a lot to follow Christ. He gave up friends, he gave up power, and ultimately he gave up his life. But he also famously said in Philippians 3.8, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. This race that Paul sang to win, it's so much better. It's a life that matters, one that's filled with peace, one that's filled with significance. Don't disqualify yourself with, with poor choices. Get invested in it. We're not dipping a toe in, we're doing a cannonball in, saying, I'm all in. I want to give this some energy so I can get better at it. Friends, this is the difference between trying and training. Trying says, I want the top results. I just don't want to pay anything for them. Training says, I'm willing to pay the price so I could win the prize. There's a massive difference between trying and training. And as we stand here at the front of 2024 and thinking about the, the changes we want to see in our lives, I wanted to take a moment to just share with you a couple of things that we have coming up at Sunrise Church in just the next 90 days. Because we want you to know we're a church that's committed to providing you opportunities to grow so that you can get into spiritual training and see the kind of change that you desire. And so the first thing I want to tell you about starts on January 17th, and it's called Rooted. Rooted is a 10-week experience where you grow closer to Christ and others. You go through a different experience each week. And one of the things that I love to do is I love to drop in on the groups on the first night of Rooted and observe. Because everyone has the same look on their face. That look that says, what did I just get myself into? And the reason I love it is because I watch those same groups by week 10 and there's a total difference. They're busting out laughing over all their inside jokes and they're praying together and crying together. It's amazing how much the transformation takes place in such a short amount of time. We talked about commitment. Can you commit to something for 10 weeks? I think you can. And this is part of getting in the training. Rooted is something we only offer three times a year. There's a small cost on the front end, of an investment in a book. And so for those of you who set out resolutions to have Christian community in your life, this is the starting point, all ages. That starts on January 17th. The same night that we're launching into what we call growth groups. And growth groups are just specialized training opportunities that we offer for people for, for sharpening up different aspects of their Christian walk. Here at the Rialto campus, on just Wednesday nights, we're going to talk about learning how to hear from God, emotionally healthy relationships, preparing for a godly marriage. And that's just Wednesday. On Tuesdays and Thursdays, there's additional groups for men and women, ranging from Bible studies to overcoming addiction. Awesome opportunities for you to get sharpened. And of course, our hope in all of this is that you would join a life group. Life groups are consistent small groups, typically meeting in people's homes. This is where life happens. This is how to make a large church feel small. You know, occasionally I'll have somebody come up to me and say, you know, I was in the hospital and nobody called or visited. That's one of the first indications to me that this person is not in a life group. Because most of the time, when I find out something uh, is going on with a person, their group's already been on it. They've already visited the hospital. They've already prayed. They've already gotten the meal train going or, or whatever. I'm usually the last to know. This is where life happens. 
And we want you to be a part of these too. All this information can be found at sunrisechurch.org. That starts January 17th, but beginning next week, we're starting a brand new message series about the family. Every single one of us has a family and we all hold a unique role in our families. And the Bible has much to say about how to keep Christ at the center of your family, regardless of your position in it. And we really wanna invest and see our family strengthened. And one specific emphasis this month is we wanna invest in parents, which is why we are going to be hosting a family conference on January 19th and 20th. We wanna help parents become better parents. And so here's how it's going to work. On Friday night, January 19th, we're going to have family fun night here at the Rialto campus. There's teams as we speak planning these great events, competitions, prizes. Paul said run to win. Some of you are going to be running to win that night. And, uh, you know, we, we outsource fun. We, we outsource it to theme parks and movie theaters and, and, and YouTube. How many of us actually have fun together as a family? That's the hope on this night. We'll feed you. It'll be a great time. And then we'll all descend back here Saturday morning, January 20th, for a special time of equipping. And presenters from all of our campuses are going to help parents uh, learn how to talk to the kids about three key areas, sexuality, technology, and identity. Our kids are being bombarded with messages in schools and on social media and with their friends. We need parents to step up and lead their families. We want to help you do that. And we're going to speak in, in, to different segments, parents of elementary age, parents of middle school age, parents of high school age, because how you talk about these things to the different ages, it matters. For example, I'm going to be leading a breakout session on how to talk to your elementary age child about the birds and the bees. Listen. If you're waiting till middle school to have that conversation, you're playing catch up. Friends, we want to help parents become better parents. Maybe you're a grandparent who's thrust back into parenting or a caregiver or just someone who wants to plan for a future family. You need to make this thing a priority. And we've, we know this is a time of the year people are paying off credit card bills from Christmas gifts, so we want to make it as inexpensive as possible. $15 a person, kids 18 and under, free. That includes... All of Friday night, food. All of Saturday, uh, which is a whole full-on kids track, a track for uh, parents, food then. I mean, if a couple were to go out on a date, 30 bucks, that might get you some appetizers and some soft drinks. Listen, invest in your family. Friends, that's just January. But when we turn the calendar over to February, a major emphasis for us is that we're going to be hosting what we call a night to remember. This is a prom for men and women with special needs. And so all over the Inland Empire, we are anticipating many individuals with special needs of all kinds to come, and we are going to throw a party. We're going to dance and take pictures and treat them like royalty and let them know that there is a God who loves them and has created them in their image, in his image. But we also get to minister to the parents. Many of us don't realize the unique burden that parents of children with special needs carries. Last year, I was speaking with a mom of a child who has Down syndrome. He's not a child, he's in his 30s, but he has the mental age of a nine-year-old. And she was just sharing with me in her own words, she said, I'm raising a child who will never grow up. 
and she's had to abandon what her dreams of parenting would be. We get to minister to people like her. And last year, a special needs ministry uh, that occurs every Sunday developed out of this. And this year, we're expanding it to even older men and women. And so we're excited about what God can do. Some of you set resolutions that you wanted to try something different, get out of your comfort zone. Friends, listen, if you want to be a part of this event, it'll be a better blessing for you than it will for the guests who arrive. And that's on sunrisechurch.org. You can sign up for that. And then before you know it, March will be here. You know what happens in March? Easter. Easter comes early this year, which means we're going to be having lots of outreaches leading up to Easter because this is a season when people are extra open to spiritual conversations, extra open to invitations. Some of you set out to make resolutions that you wanted to be more bold and to share your faith. We're going to have opportunities interacting in the city with all kinds of pockets of people that haven't darkened the doorway of a church ever. We're also going to have other creative things that we're working toward to, to help leverage the season so we could reach people for Christ. Be thinking now of how you want to be involved in that, and maybe you would be responsible this year for leading a person to Christ. Wouldn't that be incredible? Friends, this is just the first 90 days. And in the midst of all of this, we are underway with a two-year giving initiative we're calling Here to Stay. And we are setting out to build a new Peace Center here at the Rialto campus. In case you don't know, the Peace Center is, is a resource center that serves all of our campus communities by helping ease suffering with people by offering free food and other essentials. Since its inception at the start of the pandemic, we have fed over half a million people. We have seen literally thousands come to Christ. The problem is that our mission has outpaced our facilities. And so we had to make a decision. Do we want to temper back what we're doing or do we want to step forward in faith? And so we are raising millions of dollars to build this facility so we could reach more people. And part of that too is we're investing in a village in Kenya. And we're partnering with an organization on the ground there that is developing Christ-centered, sustainable solutions in a person's life to help them climb out of poverty, and it all goes through the local church. And we're getting ready to send a, a, a team there this summer from Sunrise to do some short-term missions and, and be a blessing to them and, and receive encouragement and bring a good report back to us. But all of this it requires your investment. You know, we, we want to see people get into the journey of generosity. And some of you made a New Year's resolution. You wanted to be a more generous person. Get involved. Take that step of faith. Watch how God grows you. Watch how he meets your needs. Right out here in our lobby is a, a here to stay setup, and you could just grab a commitment card. You could fill out your two-year pledge and you just drop that card right in the receptacle and you could start giving towards this thing and literally alter someone's future. In fact, next week we're gonna roll out a display and for anybody who's given a financial donation, we're gonna give you a token of some kind that you could stick in that display as a visual representation of what God is doing. We want our community to know that Sunrise Church is here to stay. And we want people on the other side of the world to know that their local church is here to stay. That's why we're doing this. Yeah, that's something worth clapping for. <laughs> Friends, listen, 
I hope you get excited about being a part of a church that is committed to helping people grow into a relationship with Christ. We're not just sitting on our hands and, and trying to maintain the status quo. We want to see God do big things in us and through us. The opportunities are there. Will you step up and step into the training? Friends, the whole reason why we do this is not because we're good people trying to do good things to make God like us more. We're doing this because we believe that Jesus loves us so much that he laid his life down for us. Jesus was the only perfect person who, who ever lived, and he invites us into a relationship. He invites us to place our faith in him, and when we do, an exchange occurs. We, get, we take all of our sin and we put it on him, and in exchange, he gives us his perfection, his, his forgiveness. And then he takes all of our sin into the ground. And then when he raised back, he, he provides new life. So when you, you place your faith in Jesus, your sins get buried in the ground and then you get new life in Christ. This is a relationship. And it starts by just admitting you can't save yourself, that you need a savior. And then believing in faith that Jesus died in your place and committing to follow him. Do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? If not, I wanna help you do that today. In just a moment, I'm going to lead you in a prayer that you could repeat after me in the silence of your own heart. Wouldn't it be cool to start off 2024 by committing your life to Christ, by, by running after the only prize that'll never fade away? So I want to give you a prayer, but these are just words unless you believe them in faith. So I want to invite everybody to bow your heads, close your eyes, and if you want to start a relationship with Jesus, then repeat these words after me in the silence of your own heart. You just pray straight up to heaven. Just say, Jesus, I give you my life. You tell him, Jesus, I give you my life. I admit that I'm a sinner, but I believe you are my savior. Will you forgive me of all of my sins? Will you change my heart from the inside out so I could leave my old life behind and follow you? In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And if you pray to receive Christ and, and this is your first time making this decision, we want to encourage you to, to let somebody know, here's a really easy way to do it. On the program you received when you came in, there's a perforated card that just tears off easily. You could fill that out and check the box that says, I said yes to Jesus. And in just a moment, our ushers are gonna come through to collect today's offering. Just drop this card right in and one of our staff members will follow up with you to help you understand and resource you and how to begin this journey. Maybe you've prayed to receive Jesus already, but you wanna grow, you wanna take some next steps. Here's a really easy way to do that. Grab your phone and text the word next to 909-281-7797. Again, one of our staff people will interact with you. We won't spam you. We just want to help you customize your next steps, joining a small group or rooted or getting plugged in. Maybe you need assistance. Text NEXT to 909-281-7797. Or you could stop by the next step table in our lobby after service and interact with somebody personally. Friends, next week we're starting this new message series on family. Be thinking of who you can invite with you to hear from God's word what it means to grow into family. Until then, let's remember the words of the Apostle Paul. He said, 1 Corinthians 9, 24, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. 
When you are in training, you are preparing for all that this life can throw at you. When somebody has been trained and a challenge comes, they're not crushed by it because they've already been trained. When fatigue kicks in, they're able to push past it because they've already been trained. When the plan changes, they adapt because they trained for this. But when you're not in training, the challenges come and the fatigue comes and the change of plan comes and it crushes you. It makes quick work of the people who are just trying. And so let's, get, let's, let's, let's make a change this year. Let's make the commitment. Let's practice alignment and let's get in on the investment. And let's make 2024 the year we stop trying to be godly people and start training to be godly people. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we ask for your help. We are people with good intentions, but very weak, and we need your strength. And so, Lord, I pray on behalf of myself and all in here that you would strengthen us. May this be a year that we don't just make little hopes and wishes and then ditch them two weeks later, but that we would get involved in a way that you can do a work in us and through us. Use us to have a life that matters in purpose and significance. And as we prepare to collect offerings, God, will you use our gifts to be a blessing to those all over the Inland Empire and across the globe. We thank you, we love you, and we pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. And if you believe it in your heart, then let the church say, Amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. I want to encourage you to not just stop here. Maybe you sense God is speaking to you today and wanting you to take that next step. So here's two ways you can do just that. The first is text the word next to the number 909-281-7797. That's 909-281-7797. You'll receive a message back with some ways to help you grow. That may mean joining a small group or finding a place to serve or just talking with someone one-to-one about your faith. You can also visit the notes for this podcast and follow the links provided. And if you're within driving distance of one of our four physical locations in Banning, Ontario, Rialto, or Victorville, we'd love for you to stop by sometime and give us a chance to meet you personally. Again, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope to see you soon. God bless.